0: Well, what's up, Ascent Community Church? Thank you so much for joining us today. Listen, before we even get started, I want to let you all know sometimes you can take it for granted. Sometimes we don't mention it enough. Thank you for being here. We're so glad that you decided to join us. You could be anywhere at any time doing whatever it is that you want. You can be watching The Bachelorette right now, you, but you decided to tune in with us. We thank you and we enjoy your presence being here with us. It means a lot to us. So I want to take some time to let you know that and uh, tune in for our virtual experience. I believe God has something to say to every single one of us. Listen, my name is Maurice. I am one of the teaching pastors here on staff. And today we've actually been in a collection of talks gathered around this idea of community. I want to take it even a step further, this idea of godly community. Because I know that there's people in our lives, we have relationships, we have friendships, we have different things going on in our life. We, you know, our kids play soccer. And so we know, you know, some people that are on the soccer team and we hang out with them, we have dinner with them, certain things like that, which is all good, which is necessary. But today I wanna actually lean into the idea of godly community. What does that mean and what was God's intention for us from the very beginning to have one another? Because here's the clear idea, if you don't capture anything else from today, that God created us for connection. And God knew that we didn't just need him. Now, let me be very clear. I know this is going to mess with some of the seminarians out there, but God knew that we were not just created for just to have a conversation with him and talk by ourselves with just him. He created us for connection, to have that connection, godly connection with one another. Today, I actually want to put that under two big ideas. I got two big ideas that I want to mention and that I want to really lean into today. And it's all going to derive from an example the example that i'm going to use today to start us off is going to be one i'm going to use throughout the entire talk it's one that comes from a sport of cycling now i love all sorts of sports i love the olympics i'm so sad they did that's not happening this year but understandable but i i love the uh uh, snowboarding i love the track and field i love weightlifting all the different things that take place but sometime long ago i came across the sport of cycling Interesting story. It happened by way of watching YouTube and I start watching Cycling Fails compilation where a bunch of people on the team, it's raining and then they one person collapsed and the whole cycling team collapsed. Right. So probably not the best thing to mention, but that's how I kind of started watching a little bit more. As I uh, started thinking about this talk, I started to lean into this idea of cycling a little bit more and done some minimal research. So let me give a heads up. I am out of my territory of familiarity when it comes to the sport, but I did learn a few things that I wanna to mention to us that I believe is gonna guide us. When it comes to the sport of cycling, there's an, a big event that you probably already know of called Tour de France, or I should probably say Tour de France, Tour de France. That's, that's my uh, very horrible French right there, but Tour de France and the cycling event that happens over a duration of time And in this cycling event, what I've learned doing a little bit of my minimal research is that there's an outer crew and they're circling and surrounding one singular person. There's an outer crew and there's one singular person that comes uh, that when it comes to the teams and they cycle in this fashion, in this way. And when it comes to these teams, actually, this outer crew is called a peloton or peloton, tomato, tomato, whatever you want to call it. And I'm not talking about the awesome, you know, cool equipment that's out these days. It's also very communal. I'm not talking about the controversial commercial. I'm talking about this one that when it comes to cycling. And yes, there's a cycling, you know, bike these days that's very famous and the brand. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the physical aspect of Tour de France when they're racing in this event. This outer crew called Peloton has a purpose and objective the entire race they're on the outside circling this singular person that's called a sprinter and their main focus their main objective is they're exhausting themselves the entire race they're going full capacity and part of their objective part of their purpose of being there is to kind of take on some of the elements that's on the outside of rain or wind and they're surrounding this person that's in the middle They take on these elements so that the person in the middle can actually not use all of their percentage of energy and uh, exhausting themselves in the race. So they actually have a moment to conserve energy, this person that's in the middle. Long story short, the people on the outside, at some point, they open up right towards the end of the race where the person in the middle, the sprinter, who's been conserving their energy is now able to shoot forward and win the race. They're on the camera. They got the gold medal. They're raising their hands. Yah yeah, yeah, rah, rah, rah. That's the winner. Today, I want to use that example because I believe there's something that we can learn from this. The person that is in the middle, that's the sprinter. They're the one that's on the camera, but that person knows that they would not be where they are without the people in the peloton. My question for you today, as we get started with our service, is who's your peloton? Who's the people that are surrounding you that's pressing towards this thing called life, that's living the day-to-day? Who are, let me once again take it a step further, the godly people that are surrounding you, that's pressing towards, that's moving in a direction all in the same place, in the same pace, and that's going in the direction that we all know we need to be going in. Who's those people? Because I believe Jesus had a Peloton, Moses had a Peloton, David had a Peloton, everyone we see in scripture had a Peloton. And I believe Jesus, when we look at the narrative and the story of his life, he created the church on the crux of Peloton, aka community, godly community that we all need and is necessary. So once again, who is your godly Peloton that's taking on the winds of life, that's going and walking with you, that you can share things with, that you can share your story with, that you can be open with, not just the 50%, but actually be open with. In the time and day that we live in, we need that now more than ever. And with that example, I have two major ideas that I believe God is present us all to in this season. But you got to sit tight. I want you to ponder who your Peloton is, who should be added to your Peloton, your godly Peloton. Should there be more? Should there be people that are toxic in that Peloton that are actually probably be taken away out of that Peloton? Whatever that is, whatever that looks like, there's two big ideas I'm going to share with you in just a little bit. But for now, ponder that idea as we get started with our service. I'll see you in a little bit.
1: Well, welcome, everyone. We are so glad that you are tuning into Ascent today. It is going to be a great time together. We're going to start our time by introducing a new song to you. So we invite you in. Would you join us? Here's how it goes when night has fallen when fear is coming still you're calling me when faith is lost and my hope exhausted you will be my strength when my mind says i'm not good enough god you're enough for me i've decided i'm not you won't give up on me, you won't give up on me, yeah. Your love is holding on and it won't let go I feel it breaking out like an echo Your love is holding on and it won't let go I feel it breaking out like an echo Echo in my soul There's no stopping where you have started until it May your love is holding on and it won't echo. I feel it breaking out like an echo. Hey, your love is holding on and it won't echo. I feel it breaking out like an echo. Your love, your love is holding on and it won't echo.
2: Morning, the Scent Church, Bill Stevens here. So glad to share worship with you guys this Sunday. Man if there was anything we'd want you to be left with at the end of this day, it would be that the love of God echoes, echoes in our soul, that that's what we'd want over and over again in your guys' life. In fact, Lord, we pray that that would be the case today. Each one of us would grab hold of the love that you have, and it would echo in our souls the love you have for us. your name we pray. Amen. Hey, a bunch of you guys heard about the news last week. Jim has taken on a new job starting in January to go plant churches all over the country and all over the world it's so fitting for him if you haven't, if you didn't listen to last week's service, would you go back and listen to it? Because we get a good chance to, to walk through just why Jim and what Jim is doing um, with his next job. You guys, I want to first just say thank you. So many of you guys reached out to Jim and sent him a text, sent him an email, gave him a phone call, just to congratulate him, to thank him for the work that he's done here. He so deserves that thanks, and we're so excited for what he's doing next. That meant a ton to Jim that you guys reached out and showed the love that I mean you guys are being a scent is what you were doing and so thank you for that. I got a couple of things I really want to let you guys know about before Maurice gets preaching today, okay? The first one, the Christmas shop is here. It's, it's time again. It's November. For you guys that have been around Ascent for a long time, you know this is the time where we start collecting all the gifts for the Christmas shop that's going to happen in December. If you are new, we started with about 50 people, 50 kids that we were giving out gifts to, and then it was 100, then 150. Last year, or two years ago, it was 400. We thought it was going to be 800 last year year it was 1,600 kids. You guys provided gifts, brand new gifts for 1,600 kids last year and we're going to do it again this year and the need might even be more because of COVID. And so we're starting now. Get out to Target, go to Walmart, go wherever you need to go, start collecting those gifts, bring them in anytime during the week and we're going to start shelving that stuff and getting ready for December. Christmas shop is coming, let's jump on it just like you did last year, and let's get as many gifts in here as possible. This is not just a few people giving a gift or two, this is the entire church rallying together like you've been doing for years and years. Rally around the Christmas shop, it's too cool, and too many people are blessed. It's something for every one of us to be a part of, okay? All right, one more thing. This is kind of a kitchen table thing. If you are new, we'd love for you to kind of just listen in, or you can even push the mute button if you want to. I want to talk to our church family for just a second. Some of you guys have asked about how are we doing financially as a church? You look at restaurants and you look at businesses, and, you, and we all wonder in the midst of COVID, how, how are we doing? Well, you've asked, some of you have asked that question about Ascent. How are we doing in the midst of COVID when it comes to our finances? We got nothing to hide. I want to make sure you guys hear exactly where we're at. Here's what's happened: in, in March and April and May, you guys gave so much when COVID first hit. You guys were just giving and giving, and we were so shocked and surprised. And we were, with we, we, Jim and Beth and I, we were looking at each other going, "Holy smokes!" The generosity of our church but we've also known that covid would eventually the economy would eventually catch up and, and so what's happened is we went from super high to to we we've, we've kind of we've dropped down to and we've kind of plateaued in a place that is less than what we would have what we planned on the, at this time in when we were budgeting out 2021 it's less than what we had planned which is expected in the midst of covid We're not in a place of being alarmed yet, but we are in a place where we know that that's got to start moving up. And so here's where we're coming back to our church family. We're saying, look, this might be the time for you to re-up. This might be the time for you to go, yeah, COVID's going to be here for a while, and I got to start figuring out how I'm going to be able to give in the midst of that. but, But we don't want you to give because you have to. We don't want you to give because it's just some obligation. We want you to give because you believe in the vision of this church. We want you to give because you know that we're gonna commit every dollar to trying our best to bless the socks off of this community, to do things like we did yesterday where 1,300 people walked through our parking lot and had a got to have a Halloween trick-or-treat experience. Uh, and you guys helped make that happen with, with the donations and the candy and all of it. If you believe in the vision of what we're trying to do in this church, and you're looking at where you're at financially, and you're spending that time with the Lord to say, what should I do, God, and you're ready to surrender that up, man, this would be the time for you to go, okay, all right, then maybe re-up, maybe start for the first time, maybe start a reoccurring gift. All of those different options are available to you, but but we'd love it. We'd love any of that because we want to keep blessing this community, okay? Hey, kitchen table discussion over with time for Maurice to get in here and, and he's going to bring us the word today. So thank you for joining us this morning. Let's listen to Mo.
0: Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. Today, that big idea, one of the big ideas that I'm talking about is purpose. And I'm going to be using purpose and mission interchangeably because I believe that God has called us to be on mission and of purpose together. What the the kind of take that I want to go with when it comes to Godly community is one that's a little bit different. Because I think when we start talking about God in the community, it's more so of how am I benefiting? What am I getting out of this? What is it all for me? And I believe that God has that as a byproduct. But what if I told you that it's not solely about you? Now, I know that may cringe. There's some of you that may hurt a little bit because we want things to be about us. I want it to be about me. If I'm going to be in something, if I'm going to be a part of something, I want it to be about me but with this godly community that God shows us in scripture is not all about us. This guy named Paul is writing to the church of Philippi. And right here, he's starting to talk this chapter or section, segment rather. It's going into this idea of having the attitude of Christ and beginning to have the right mindset. But he starts off by mentioning what healthy relationships look like. He starts to show us, this is what I need from you guys. I need you to be wholeheartedly in one purpose and one mind aiming towards the same thing. And I believe what he's showing us is mission. What I love about the example of Peloton is that it's not singularly focused on one person. It's not just about the sprinter. It's about the entire team going towards the same goal, having the same mission in mind and when i think about godly community i not only think about what i can get from that and how i need accountability and all of these different things i'm also reminded that it tells me and shows me that i'm surrounded by people who point me towards the mission in the life that we live don't we need reminders don't don't we need that pick me up don't we need people to nudge us often to remember to let us know don't forget the mission there's some great leaders out there that begin to talk about what this looks like. And when they go to conferences, I go to many conferences, right? There's these conferences that we go to and all sorts of things. And the idea of being a pastor, I meet so many people. I meet all sorts of people. I remember one time when I went to this conference that I was um, in the midst, and I was walking. This may have happened to you before, but I'm in this conference and I'm going, and because I meet so many people, I have to be honest. I'm going to make a confession to you right now. Please give me grace. Please be with me on this but I often forget, I know facial recognition, but names and people like where I know them from and where they come from. I come from California, I moved to Colorado. So like there's all sorts of these intersections of where did I meet this person? How do I know this person? So I'm walking in this conference and this person is waving at me and I'm like, And I'm trying to like think to myself, okay, do I know you from somewhere? Did did I have a small group with you? Where where did I do, do I know you from? And I start to think to myself, okay, who is this? Where do I know them from? Do I play sports with them? Is this high school? If it's high school, oh my goodness, do I want to talk to you, right? Like all these things are filtering through our mind and they're waving, just waving, waving, waving. I'm thinking to myself, okay who is this? Who is this? And I, of course, I'm a smile. I'm a pastor, right? Pastor smile. And I wave back <laughs> and I wave back and I'm waving. And as they're approaching, they're waving. And then they do, you know, you know how it is. You probably know where exactly where I'm going. They do this. And then they do this right here, just to like slightly look beyond me. And I'm waving. and I'm like, hi, like, I want to show you that I love you too. And then when they did that, I'm like, and I look behind me and it's a person that they're waving at, waving back at, and it's their friend, whoever that was. And I'm sitting there in that moment of shame, that moment of embarrassment. And as I sat there and I'm thinking to myself, well, gosh, and me, me knowing me, I just kind of smiled it off and walked away. Long story short, here's the thing. It was never about me. That interaction, that wave, that person trying to greet that person was not about me. And when it comes to godly community, I wanna nudge you just a little bit to remind you that it's not solely about you. When it comes to the mission, there are great people that start to talk about leadership often. And when they begin to talk about mission, one of the things that I've learned from some great leaders is that they mention this phrase that always stuck with me. The mission and vision often leak. Mission and vision often leak. What does that let us know? What what am I trying to get at? What does that tell me? That tells me that no matter where we are, no matter who we are, we can have that mission, but there's seasons in life where we begin to let it drift. It it begins to leak out. It begins to not have its same capacity in our minds and in, in our souls anymore. And so because of that There's a necessity to be reminded of it. There's a necessity to be pressed in it more and more. My wife and I often have to do this in our yearly anniversary. We celebrate, we go out and have a great time. We love to salsa dance at La Rumba down in Denver and we have a great time doing that. But then we also find ourselves gathering together, recognizing what's the mission of our marriage. What are we aiming towards? What what are we getting at? Because a whole year just went by, some good things, some high things, some low things, some troubling things. This just happened, but, but, but because mission leaks, let us get together. Let's remind each other what we're in this for. Let's remind each other of the love that we have for one another. Let's remind each other that the mission that we are on is so important and we have to do it together. Godly community is not too far different from that. Godly community is a necessity and it's because of godly community that we have people around us to remind us of the mission. Let us never forget that we're on this journey together because there's mission. Yes, the gatherings are good. Yes, when post-pandemic, the church is good. When we have our burritos afterwards, it's good. When When we get together and we have the different events, it's all good. But let us never forget the mission that we are on. Because mission leaks, godly community needs to be solidified. Because mission leaks, godly community is a necessity. Because it reminds us, it shows us, it has people in it. When I'm at my low, there's another person at their high and they remind me of the mission. I wrote down a few things that that reminded me of this because when I think about Peloton and I think about the Sprinter, when I think about all of them aiming towards the same thing, it shows me just how important godly community is. I could not do this service um, without the mentioning the elephant in the room, without talking about the very obvious things, without leaning into the life of a saint. I have a godly friend, and his name is Jim. And you heard some news last week, and I am not gonna get into a moment where I am crying and sobbing. I am wiping my eyes because I'm just like, I don't know why my eyes water a lot. Maybe it's because of Jim, but there's some news that we've heard and it reminded me of a story. It reminded me of a time that me and Jim spent together. This moment that me and Jim spent together was one that um, encouraged me and it was also one that was troubling. It was tough. We had a hiccup in our relationship because of just things, right? Life happened. And I, I did something on my part that, um, that disappointed him, that did something that was tough, right? I, you know, as a leader trying to do things and um, I stepped across the different boundaries. And because of that, it was a hiccup in our relationship. And I remember that day. And then I remember a few days later, we were hanging out together and we were at this, you know, meeting, we are at this leadership thing and we were doing, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm kind of judging him. Like, where's the is end? He, is he, you know, me, like what's wrong? And the whole time he began to just love me through it. He, he began to just walk with me through it. And he, he forgave my faults and he, he gave me grace in it. He, there was something about it that, re, that showed me and recognized that Maurice, we're on mission together. And even when you fault, and even when I fought, let us never forget the mission. Let us never forget that we're in it for each other. Who's your peloton? Who's the godly community around you? I bring that up because it meant something to me and I believe from that moment on, it took our friendship to an entirely different level. And it's gonna be moments where godly community comes across hiccups. But it's because of the mission that God has us on, the mission that we need to be reminded that we are the salt of this world, the mission that we need to be reminded that let us continue to enter into people's story, to bring them into the greater story of Jesus Christ. We're always going to be in the moment where we need that. And today, When I look at Paul's words of one purpose, one mission, one-minded, all moving towards the same thing wholeheartedly, godly community is a necessity because mission and vision leaks. But just this past week, when we heard all the news and I'm hearing the news and all the different things, Jim said, let us not forget the mission. It's not about one person. It's not about one personality. It's not about one family. There is a mission that we started this church with. And let us not forget that. And when he said that, even with the chaos, even with some of the things that's happening where I warned him, no, don't leave. You don't need to leave, Jim. I'm still telling you, Jim, you don't need to leave, right? Like all these things. In the midst of all that, he harnessed everyone and reminded me in that moment that nothing is built on just one person and that there is a mission that's greater than every single one of us. So why am I saying all this? What am I mentioning all this for? Listen, the first segment of all this is simply to say one purpose, one mind, one mission. The Lord has, has, has us all on and godly community is a necessity because we need to be reminded of that. We need to be reminded of that individually and we need to be reminded of that corporately. Corporately, when it comes to the Big C Church, the mission of making People, making disciples, the big C mission of church, of who we are in this world and the role that we play. And then individually, who's your peloton of people that are speaking into the purpose of your life, speaking into who you are, of why you are who you are and the purpose that you have of the, the place that you serve, the, of the ability that you have to uh, believe into people and just people speaking into who you are. That's so needed And that's a reminder to who we are when we have godly community to speak into our lives. There's one more big word that I want to lean into right after this. Before I get into that word, though, as I'm speaking, I'm reminded of story. There's a greater story that we're all a part of. And what I love about Ascent is that we are a place and a gathering of people full of stories. I think it's such a reminder of the mission of who we are, because we invite no matter who you are, no matter where you are, everyone's story into the greater story. There's a story of an amazing man that I got a chance to meet and I now work with and eventually and I'm calling, you know, friend these days. It's a guy named Stuart, and I'm not going to give it away because he has an amazing story. And I want him to get into that because he has now joined the Ascent story. And because of that, I want you to tune in to that story as well. Take a listen.
2: All right. Just like Marie said, we love to, to get to know our church family. And today we get to know the Atkins. This is Stuart and Paige Atkins. Stuart is the one that runs all of the technology, all the stuff you guys see on the screens. Stuart, the, the one that's been doing that. They've got a really cool story. It actually I was actually got to see part of that because Paige worked for me it, back in our college ministry 16 years ago at the annex. So Paige, tell us how you and Stuart got to know each other. That, I love the, relation, the relationship story, tell us.
3: Stuart was my youth pastor in high school.
2: Okay, so we're going <laughs> to not whoa, leave yeah. it there. <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> more to story. it. There's more okay, so. to it,
3: but it you know, I mean, he came in, started working for my youth group, and for me, it was like, I'm gonna find a man just like Stuart and I'm gonna marry him. Never actually thinking that I would actually marry him, but um, we got to know each other. We started working together at a different church on staff together. Um, and
2: four years later, four years later, just to clarify. you're sitting in my office, and you're telling me about this really cool guy that you're dating. Yeah. And you're saying, yeah, uh, a I think this is the yep. one that I wanna marry.
3: Yes, yep. And so we just got to know each other on a friend level. and. Um, Started dating when I was in college. Got married when I was out of college,
2: and that's the rest is history. I <laughs> love it. I love it. So you guys get married. You guys then move off to Georgia. You start your family. You got three little kids. Yep.
4: We have three. We have Koa, who's eight. Uh, Kylie Grace in the middle, which is six, almost seven. seven. Uh, and then Cooper is four. Yep. Okay. So you got the family going. You're in Georgia. Uh, Stuart, when when
2: you when you you've known the Lord and you know that God is real, but Was there a time in Georgia where you really felt like God is real? He is is very tangible
4: right there with you. Yeah, I would say probably around 2011, 2012. um, I started a video company um, and I had been in ministry at the same church working with students for, for a long 10 years. Um, And I really felt like the Lord had given me this opportunity and gift to be able to capture stories of, you know, at the time, uh, companies, uh, organizations, and and brides and grooms, right, weddings. So I did that for a number of years. And through all that um, years of owning our own business, running our own business, volunteering on the side, so to speak, um, I really watched and saw the Lord provide for us every single month. Um, Being uh, your own boss uh, for those number of years Uh, It was challenging and hard and difficult. And when you're in that industry, it's all about how many weddings, how many gigs you can have. And I watched the Lord provide for us month after month after month to the people we knew, the church we we were part of, Um, the families that we knew, um, and then just watch the Lord bless our, 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 our company um, all that time. Um, for six years we did it, and I couldn't tell you how we how yeah. we survived that long outside of the grace of God providing yeah. for us every waiting single- Waiting for checks yeah, to come in the mail. You're like, yeah.
2: oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And when, which the month's is, coming. I mean, when you have three little kids and you're waiting for a check to come from a bride that yeah. maybe hasn't paid in yeah. months, <laughs> yeah. I mean that, yeah. you have to surrender to God is goddess.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly.
2: So so we go 16 years, 16 years in Georgia, and then you guys hear about what's going on here at Ascent, and you guys and we offer you a job to come here to work at Ascent. <laughs> yeah, Paige, just so quickly. Yeah, yeah, just exactly just that. like that. Paige, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. How you got? How did you guys get here to Ascent after yeah. all those years?
3: Well, my whole family is here in Colorado, and for a long time he was the one that wanted to come to Colorado and be near the mountains, be able to snowboard, everything like that, and. I, we had a great community, have a great community in Georgia. Um, our church was super supportive of everything we did, every life stage that we were in. And so it was a couple of years ago now that I finally said, OK, I want our kids to be near their grandparents. Family is really important to us. So yes, let's start thinking and praying about moving back to Colorado. And um, we met up with you and Jackie just kind of randomly to touch base when we were here um, last summer. And S- and we actually attended the first ascent. The that very there first was. one very in first the Omni very Hotel. very
2: first one. You guys were sitting there with that first group of people. Yeah, because Love we always it. came
3: back for Christmas. And so we just happened to be here in that time frame, And it was awesome. But then you don't know, you know, we had started a church in Georgia as well. So anyway, we, we met up with you guys all those years later and heard about what are you doing and what the church is doing, the impact on the community, the missions, everything like that, that really resonated with us. Yeah. And um, we looked at each other and said, whenever we move back, we'll be part of Ascent, mm. you know? And it's not because of you, Bill, believe it or
2: not. <laughs> yeah, I <yeah>, believe that, believe <laughs> that.
3: But it was just, it, our hearts were aligned and yeah. we didn't really know all the, the question was always, where will we go to church if we move back to Colorado? Cause we were so tied to our church in Georgia. Um, and so we just started having conversations and it was, you know, the need wasn't there for his position, but it was just like, maybe that's where we could end up. and you and know then COVID start happened and um the need arose and yeah we're glad to be here.
2: So Stuart now you you're here and you are now serving in the the right in your wheelhouse. I mean, you are so blessing this church. You're helping people see Jesus clearly every single week. You and Cassie and your team, everything you're doing is such a massive gift to us as a church. What's it like to to be working right now, right in the heart of what God has blessed you with?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the process that we just described was a two-year process. We waited and prayed for two years uh, up until Easter this year, Thursday, before Easter, before Good Friday, you called and said, hey, can we have a conversation? And that kind of got the ball rolling, right? But for two years, we prayed and we waited and we said, God, our desire is to move back to family and be in Colorado again. Um, and so even in that we were going but we would end up at Ascent. Yeah. Um, and our conversation had been, well, I know how to do church because I've been in church world for since early 2000s. Uh, and for about eight, 10 years, I've been doing this video. And so for me, those two big uh, pieces of my life were so significant. I'm like, how do how does that make sense for us to move here? And then you called and said, hey, we're in the middle of this COVID thing and we really are in need of someone who's maybe had some experience in working at church and has some knowledge about how to run a video camera. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this this could be it. Uh, God, we've been waiting for this. This could be this could be it. And fast forward just six weeks we had sold our house and loaded the truck and we're moving out here. Uh, And to be able to be here for those first couple of months, and even since then, but really for those first couple of months, going, man, my experience and what I've been able to be a part of in the church setting, and what I learned from how to tell stories, how to capture stories, these two things have come together in the position that I am now, and I absolutely love it. Uh-huh. Like, I love being part of the team. I love being having a team that gets to come on a Thursday night or come during the week at some point. Um, I love working with Cassie, being able to share the gifts that I have with her, yeah. uh, and to be able to tell the story of Ascent. And it's just these two worlds, Perfectly coming together oh. where God says, this is where I want you to be. And we and we feel that, absolutely feel that. I yeah. love it. I love it. You guys, I mean, they have so blessed our church already,
2: but you guys, they came in the midst of COVID and I love these guys too much for them to just be alone um, <laughs> as they're learning, as they're, as they're developing relationships around here. Will you guys please reach out to them? They've got a really cool family. Take them out to dinner and, and spend some time with them. They are really fun to be around. Uh, that's part of a sense family. We'd love it if you guys know what's going on behind the camera as well thanks you guys for sharing okay back to maurice
0: when i hear the story of Stuart and paige it brings a smile to my face for so many different reasons Uh, one of the reasons being that my wife and i aisha were once in their shoes uh, four years ago moving our story to colorado to join the greater story of ascent and then seeing um, the journey of, I mean, Bill and them knowing each other and how they're joining this story as well. But even beyond that, what I think is even more important that brings a smile to my face is that it reminds me that we need your story. When I say we, it's not like, oh, well, the church, you just want your story and you need to be a part of us. No, what I'm saying is I'm saying in a corporate level, what I'm saying in a, in a level of the big C church, the, the godly community needs your story when we talk about the peloton when we talk about godly community it's the ability to be able to intersect our story with your story my story with your story and because of that it's something that's beautiful not only who's in your peloton but when i hear Stuart and page's story it reminds me and shows me whose peloton are you serving Whose peloton are you serving? Are you just the sprinter or are you a part of godly community because you know that your story is needed? Your life isn't even needed. No matter who you are or where you come from, the godly community is made up of stories after story after story of people who decided to be a part of a community that's greater than themselves. And that's a story that is so inspiring. That's a story that is needed. And I'm bringing this up because when it comes to godly community, not only is there mission that we're on and that we are in need of, that we need to be reminded of, but when it comes to story, your story serves a purpose. Your story is so huge. Your story matters. Someone needs to hear you. I'm reminded of a scripture that it talks about, and I'm paraphrasing, it it starts to share and it talks about that not only did we have the opportunity to share the gospel with you, but we had the awesome opportunity of sharing life with you. Not only is who in your peloton, but whose peloton are you serving? Whose story are you entering into because yours is needed? The things that we go through, the things that we face, sometimes we hold those things back. Sometimes we think it doesn't matter. Sometimes we kind of tuck those things away. But the scripture that I'm about to read shows us that not only is it mission that matters, but it's the story that you have That you are harboring, that you're sitting on, that that the life that you live, you're sitting on some treasure that God is saying, listen, I created community for that very reason. I created the godly community so that you can unearth some of the big things, some of the terrible things, some of the wrong things, some of the good things, some of the awesome things with those that are around you. The scripture says this right here. All praise to God, the father, our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. Verse four, watch this. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. He comforts us so that we can comfort others. Whose peloton are you serving? Whose godly community are you also a part of knowing that your story, has so much power knowing that the life that you live is to be shared, not to be held back. When you're able to share some of those things, you begin to see people say, wow, me too. I I I also faced that tough season. I also went through that moment in my life. And I'm so glad that I'm not alone in that. See, sometimes when we harbor our stories, when we don't enter into godly community, we begin to sit on something that somebody else is going through. And the irony or the imagery that we can sit next to someone and we hold our story knowing they probably don't know this. This doesn't matter. And I want to make this very secretive because this is something to be shared. And someone is facing the same thing, recognizing, holding and hoping maybe someone else is facing that hoping that they're not alone in the troubles that they faced. And when we begin to share that, we begin to relieve others that are around us to say, I did that also. How did you get through that? What, what, what was it that you go through? Maybe we can walk through this together. Maybe we can share some advice of how we're coping with this season. You lost someone in your family. You went through a divorce like that. You also have an addiction? Wait, 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 hold on. Wait a second. I get to hear from someone also in godly community and you face that? You, you went through that breakup. You, you actually had to go through that rejection. You, you went through that moment of something happening to you at a young age and it wasn't supposed to. Wait a second, I'm not alone? Godly community shows us not only that we we're on mission but shows us that our story matters because we're not alone. We're not just supposed to be the person that's in the middle, that's the sprinter. Whose peloton are you serving? Ascent, community, church, people that are listening, no matter who you are or where you are. Godly community is so important because mission, and it's also so important because of story. And let us be reminded as we're thinking about what that looks like. As we're thinking about where our godly community comes from, and I'm not going to sit here as an arrogant person saying your peloton is the church, your peloton is here, your peloton is going to be found here. Maybe your peloton, and when I think of godly community, and once again, yes, I'm speaking of godly community, but maybe that's not here. I would be very arrogant to say that that everything that you're going to find is here emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever that may be, but where is your godly community? Where is your godly peloton? We're living in a day and age where things are global, whatever that may look like. Yes, we're encouraging people to join small groups because we believe that a community of people are sharing stories here and it's powerful. And you should, you should consider that. But we're arrogant to think that that's going to be for every single person or yes, that's the, like we understand that if your godly peloton is somewhere else and that you're a part of that thumbs up to you. Yes, that's what it's all about. Because the ma- thing that matters most is that the godly community is a part of mission that reminds us that we're in something bigger than ourselves. And the story that we have that we're sitting on matters to others and that we should be sharing that with people that are around us. That is how God has created godly community to flourish with mission and with story. I saying, As we leave our time together, I want you to be thinking about that. And I want to go into a prayer because I think it matters so much to all of us. no matter where you are, no matter what it looks like, this is a necessity. When we face things as a church, with things that's happening, when we face things as a world, that things that's happening when it comes to all sorts of things that's going on, things that's about to happen this week. Yes, we got a dressed elephant in the room, things that's happening this week. We need Godly community in a season like this of election, of people that's what church, whatever it's happening, life, divorce, whatever that looks like. I hope you can hear my passion because it matters so much. And I pray that you have that godly community. I need it, you need it, Jesus needed it, and that's what it's all about. God, we come before you right now simply asking a simple, small prayer. Show us the godly community that we need and show us that our story is needed for others. Remind us of the mission and remind us that our story matters. And however that looks, if that's an interaction, if that's somebody that tells us, if that's a a, a church service, whatever that is, give us a glimpse so that we can be moved into action of joining Godly community, because that's what it's all about. In Jesus name I pray, amen.
1: your name. as you do, and we thank you, and Jesus, you change everything. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making, Soil, I now surrender. You were breaking my ground, so I yield to into you your care for me? When I trust you. I In the soil.
2: All right, you guys. Maurice talked about pelotons and, and the, the the tour to France and bike racing. Man, he knows as much as I know about that stuff, but I learned a ton. I appreciate Mo doing all the research on it. But ultimately, you guys, we're talking about life together. It's what we've been talking about, life together. It's sharing this life together. God never intended you guys to do it alone. Make sure you guys are looking at getting into a core group. That'll help you to, with the peloton in your life. That's going to help you as you get into a core group. Okay? Hey, have an awesome week, you guys. Uh, Remember, at the end of this uh, this morning at 12 o'clock, Jim and I are going to do a Zoom call for any other questions that you might have about Jim's departure and what's going on here at Ascent. So, join us for that Zoom call. We love you guys. We'll see you next week.